0: Welcome to Beijing's Daily News. Today is the 28th of November 2022. We will be covering the three main problems of Bitcoin and an opinion piece on the aftermath of catastrophic crypto events. Let's get to it. On November the 27th, KOL Ryan Beckmans published a thread on Twitter regarding the three problems of Bitcoin. The following are his main points. If Bitcoin can't solve all three of its problems, then BTC can't remain on top and will forfeit its huge monetary premium. Unfortunately for BTC holders, solving all three problems is hopeless. Bitcoin's first problem is that Bitcoin is uncompetitive because of its lack of apps and the high cost of proof of work. Even if Bitcoin's other two problems are solved, this problem by itself will result in Ethereum flipping BTC and the destruction of Bitcoin's monetary premium within In my opinion, roughly 4 years. Secondly, Bitcoin's security budget is unsustainable because its transaction fees haven't and won't grow nearly enough to make up for BTC issuance reduction from the halvings. As a result of Bitcoin's unsustainable security budget, Bitcoin is currently on track to suffer successful 51% attacks in 6 to 14 years. To solve this, the Bitcoin community must become willing to sacrifice a 21 million supply cap and ongoing BTC on a basis to buy security. The last problem is that Bitcoin isn't quantum resistant. This will result in attackers being able to spend Bitcoin that's not theirs when quantum computing levels up. Experts estimate this might happen in roughly 10 years, and is very likely in around 20 years. If Bitcoin could solve all three of its problems, then Bitcoin might possibly remain on top. But unfortunately for BTC holders, switching to proof of stake, Building an app layer or inflating BTC beyond 21 million are impossible. Quantum resistance is the best they might do, so BTC is a doomed emperor. Recently, Louis Lu, a Web3 entrepreneur and investor published a blog titled Coming Full Circle to discuss where we are in the cycle after the FTX and 3 Arrow thunderstorm and the prediction for the future. The following are the main points in the text. So far, central exchanges has been custodial, holding users' assets in their centralized wallets. There has been no transparency on how user funds are maintained and secured, for example via Proof of Reserves, or how they are used by the exchange, for example FTX providing customer assets to Alameda. Is this the best setup? Already, ideas such as non-custodial central exchanges, fiat-only on and off-ramp, central exchanges, and on-chain proof-of-asset solutions are proposed in the FTX aftermath. Given the collapse of several centralized players in the current bear market, addressing this weak link in the industry will form an important part of our recovery. Another risk factor in the space is centralized stablecoins, the top 5 stablecoin issuers representing a total market cap of $138 USD, only 4% of the supply is managed by DAI a centralized issuer that is, however, currently backed by more than 50% by USDC. This highlights the risk of contagion if any single point of contact were to fail, be overregulated, or DPEG. Alongside centralization risk, we are also at a period of general decline in crypto adoption. NFT trading volumes are down 99% from peak. DeFi yields, which had earlier driven user adoption away from CFI and its low interest rates, are no longer as attractive, with UST billing early in 4 to 4.65%. New product innovation has slowed down, with several copycat projects crowding the space without meaningful contribution to the industry. We must acknowledge a painful reality. Web3 is still difficult to use and understand for most people. Decentralized solutions involve high technical background, developer-focused UI UX has been a major barrier of entry for mass adoption. While play large or DeFi yields to earn incentives prompt users to educate themselves in the past, this is no longer the case. There is a need for greater investment here, especially in areas such as 1. On and off ramping where central exchanges have admittedly had an upper hand, 2. DeFi app and wallet interfacing, and 3. Integration with known payment UIs, for example in Web2 checkout flows. In closing, despite the industry growth and legitimacy, having been set back by a few years before the recent incidents, I look around for what still motivates me, and others around me to continue building amidst the wreckage. The answer here remains the same as when Mt. Gox imploded, we are still very early on the quest to make crypto mainstream. Given the low adoption numbers versus Web2, the enormous opportunity for growth and innovation remains. To continue hearing more, please subscribe to bsingventures.substack.com for daily newsletter and follow Twitter account Bsing Ventures to hear the rest. This is Celine from Bsing Ventures. Thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow.